0: We've been away in Perth and Perth has very nice countryside. So whenever it's time for a holiday, we can just get the whole family into a car, pack everything into the boot and drive, you know, three hours down south and you know, you're in a different part of the world. And when we're there, most of the time we are relatively cut off. Like so I've got no internet connection, I I don't read the papers there and so news generally won't get through to us. But then you do hear people talking about, oh, you know, this thing happened, this earthquake happened. So the news that we do hear generally would be bad news. And that's not really surprising. Because even when you do look for the news, there's hardly any good news in the papers. By and large, it is all bad news. And what I've realized, and maybe this has happened to you as well, is when I go to the newspapers, I don't go expecting to see good news. I don't go expecting to see great news happening on the front page. And so, because by and large, we all know that uh, we live in a world that is marked by a constant stream of bad news, of sad news, of Tragic news. And friends, that is one reason why our Bible passage today is so important. Because it is into a world that's filled with bad news of gloom and disappointment. That it is into such a world that good news is announced. God sends a messenger, he sends an angel to announce this good news. Look with me to verse 9 again. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. These are the shepherds. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you is Christ the Lord. Now notice the reaction of the shepherds when they see the angels. Like, they do not go, oh, what a pretty sight, so cute. No, they are, they are terrified. Now, whoever said the angels need to look like winners of the cutest baby contest. No, they, they were a terrifying sight. That's why the angel has to say to them, "Do not be afraid. I bring you good news." And and just in case people don't know how to react to good news, they say it is good news of great joy. How do you move from great fear to great joy? Well, you need to hear good news, and see. So many of our neighbors and friends, and maybe even so many of us here, we are today living with great fear. And we would love to move on to having great joy. And there can be a movement of great fear to great joy only when we receive good news. And this good news, this first Noel, is announced to this shepherd now why of all people why is this good news first announced to them to these shepherds why them now i believe it is because shepherds were considered to be uh, lowly people right they weren't uh, respected uh, high earners in australia like they are today but in those times, they were they were despised, and they were despised because they, they couldn't keep all the different religious uh, Jewish laws because they were out in the fields. It was difficult for them, and so they were like the social outcast of that time. They were looked down and despised by the rest of society. And so, the fact that this good news is first of all announced to them, the fact that of all people. That God could have announced this good news to first. He actually declared it to poor shepherds. It really underlines the fact that this good news is for all people. right? Don't miss that. That's what the angel says in verse 10. It is good news of great joy. It is for all the people. You see, this good news is not just for the religious elite. It is not just uh, reserved for the privileged few. It is for all people. It is for all people regardless of race, uh, language or prior conviction. And the good news that the angels announced is that today, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. And he is Christ the Lord. Now friends, we need to be clear why the birth of a saviour is such good news. The reason why the birth of a saviour is such good news is because because we need a saviour. We need above all else a saviour. Now, this, of course, is something that many people don't understand. Uh, take the guy that I was chatting with at a wedding dinner one time. You know, we were two strangers put together in a wedding dinner. Of course, the first thing, or one of the first, first few things you ask is, what do you do? And of course, I say, oh, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And then we talk, oh, Christianity. Well, uh, you know, Christianity for me, I don't really buy that. All that's important for me is uh, you know you do good, uh, do more good than wrong. You know that's that's what I think God would like. Now, friends, think about his answer for a moment. Now, obviously, this cannot be the way God judges us, because even our human court don't do that. Right? Imagine a, a man who. Because he was drinking and driving, knocks down an old woman. And in his defense, he says to the judge, For 15 years, I do not even have a speeding ticket. Not even a parking summons. Just once, just once I made a mistake. Or imagine a man who was caught raping a woman. And his defense is, all my life, I've known a hundred women, and, and, to, and to 99 of them, I have been nothing but a perfect gentleman. Just one, only one I've raped. Anyone here thinks that these two people should be let off? Likewise, we are guilty of. Sinning against and rejecting against God, we deserve the penalty for that. And the penalty that we deserve is hell. Now some of you are thinking, Oh, did the speaker just mention hell on Christmas Day? Yes he did. And I am emboldened to do so because the person that talks about the talks about hell most in the Bible is none other than our birthday boy. And this is the way Jesus describes hell. He says, hell is a place where their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. So you see, for Jesus, hell was a real place. And it was a real place of real torment, where the fire is not quenched. It goes on and on and on and on. See, that's the penalty that is rightly given to people who sin against an infinite God. So if we find that we have a problem believing this notion of hell, you know, it's so such an old idea, can't be right. You know, this, this, this idea of hell cannot possibly square with my picture of a God who is loving. Then, friends, let me suggest to you that maybe it is because we have yet to come to terms with the reality of God as holy, holy, holy. In the Bible, when it says it three times, it means it is, he is the most holy, that he cannot be any holier than he is holy. So, God is holy, holy, holy. And we have also yet to come to understand with any meaningful degree the magnitude of our sin against this holy God. See, the Bible is absolutely clear about these two realities, that God is just and He is holy and we are wretched rebels who deserve nothing but His wrath. That's why, friends, above all else, what we need is a saviour. And that's why it is such good news that one has been born. The reason why after 2,000 years, we still celebrate this child's birth, is not because this baby grew up to be the world's best carpenter, You know, he won Master Carpenter 10 years in a row. No. But because of what he grew up to do. He grew up and he was crucified on a cross. He died on a cross. The child that was given, this Christ, the Lord that was given, grows up and dies on the cross. And in doing so, takes upon himself the penalty that we should have paid. He takes it for us so that we who trust him do not have to pay for it ourselves. The death that we should have died, he died in our faith. And how do we know that God accepted this payment on our behalf? Because after three days, this Christ who was dead rose from the dead a sure sign that God accepted his work and has granted forgiveness of sins to all who will trust him. So friends, this, this is the significance of Christmas. The significance of the child, not simply that he was born, but in what he was born to do. So that's the good news that the angel announces and, and what happens next that Luke records for us as if to drive the point home is that all of a sudden this, this one angel is joined by many of his friends and this heavenly choir begin to sing. Now imagine you are a shepherd there. Okay, one angel Brought you great fear. It was terrifying enough. Now that one angel is joined by a magnitude of angels and they are saying one thing. They are saying one thing together. And the one thing they are saying is in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Because a Saviour has been given, because a Saviour has now been born, glory, glory to God who is in highest heaven. And because a Saviour has now been born who will take away that hostility between God and man, there can now be peace between God and man on whom God's Saviour Now, these I'm sure are familiar words to many of us. But I just want to share with you the first time, and I can remember it as if it was yesterday. The first time these words really hit me. The first time I really understood the significance of what the angels together are saying. It was back in uni days, uh, so it wasn't that long ago. And I was in a meeting when I got a phone call, and it was uh, one of my youth leaders informing me that one of the one of our youth group guys <clears throat> uh, go to youth group uh, in our church. He was riding his motorcycle, and he was hit from behind by a car. And the impact was so great that uh, his helmet cracked. So he was rushed to hospital and the doctors discovered that he had severe uh, brain injury and the brain was swelling. so in order to try and save him, they had to cut open uh, part of his skull to remove the skull so that there was room for the brain to swell. so obviously when I heard that, I rushed straight to the hospital uh, took the MRT and I was just standing by the door you know, where everyone likes to stand and, and I looked, it was Christmas time and I saw across me someone carrying a Tanks shopping bag. And you know how Tanks likes to have, you know, Christmas verses, that sort of thing. So for that year, it was Luke chapter 2, verse 14, arranged uh, in the shape of a Christmas tree. Glory to God in the highest heaven, uh, peace on man, on earth, to whom his favour rests. It was arranged that way, a Christmas tree. I just stood there and I said at the word. And then I realized. I realized that whatever is happening to Clement, right, that's his name, whatever is happening to him, whatever will happen to him, that nothing will be able to take away the truth of what was written on the desk. What is of ultimate importance? What is of ultimate importance has happened, has become a reality for Clement. Do you know what is of ultimate importance? Let me try and help us understand. Imagine you are sitting on a plane. I got on the plane to come from Perth to Singapore, and imagine there's uh, five hours into the flight. Yep, just five, you know, 30 minutes left to go. You're going to land in Singapore, but then the captain comes over the PA system and he says there is trouble with the landing gear. It just cannot come down. We have to do an emergency landing. And so the chief steward starts shouting out, emergency procedures, you know, or get ready for the brace position, whatever, whatever. And you begin to realize that if the emergency landing doesn't turn out well, this may be your last 30 minutes. Now can I ask, who of you in that time will be thinking what car to buy? Who of you will be thinking, oh, I've still got that project for work left unfinished? Who of you will be thinking what mobile phone to upgrade to? Who of you will be thinking, ah, what holiday should I go to end of the year? You see, all these things, which at other times occupy our minds so much, will in that time very quickly pale into insignificance. And the right question that we should be asking at that time is, Is there peace between God and I? Maybe you don't believe in a God. But what if there is a God? What if he does exist? If there is a God, what will he think of you? Is there peace? between God and I. And so for my friend Clement, because the Saviour has been born, because Clement has put his trust in that Saviour, he can be certain that there is peace between him and his Maker. Meaning that no matter what happens to Clement, Whether he dies at age 19 or he continues living, but living on as a vegetable for the rest of his life, the thing that truly matters, the thing that is of ultimate importance, has happened for him. Because the Saviour has been born, there is peace between God and him. And so, friends, I hope that many of us have put our trust in that Savior. And I pray that our reading and uh, understanding of this part of God's Word has reinforced our, our certainty that there exists peace, that what is of ultimate importance has become a reality for us. And what it means for us is then there must be a profound gratitude and thankfulness for, for this, this thing that we have received, for which we are so undeserving. It must mean that this peace that we have must also influence and colour the way we relate to other people. To someone else who also knows this peace, there must be a shared love, an understanding to another person who does not know this peace, there must be a yearning and a prayerfulness that he will or she will come to know for certain peace between God and him. But if you are someone here who has yet to put your trust in the Saviour that was born so long ago, Can I encourage you this Christmas to seriously examine that person who was born wrapped in cloth and placed in a manger? Because that's not all that happened to him. He went on to say and do many things. Can I encourage you to check that out for yourself? Can I encourage you to consider the real possibility, that in spite of all that you have done, mistakes and failures which I'm sure you yourself know you have done, that in spite of all that, because the Saviour has been born, there exists the real possibility of peace between you and God. that peace is now on offer because the Saviour has come. And that's what Christmas is truly all about. Peace, pray with you. Father, help us to trust in the Saviour that you have given. Help us to know this peace and help us to allow this peace that we have with you the shape and colour and influence all that we do. May we serve you and love you, with growing zeal and passion. May you do all these things for your own glory and our great blessing. Amen.